everyone, and welcome to the ARC Audio Book Club for November, October, November of 2018. And this month we're going to be talking about Orlando by Virginia Woolf. Uh, the book is the tale of the titular character Orlando, um, a young man in the court of Queen Elizabeth I, uh, who falls in love and has various other adventures and has in youth and then eventually takes off into the world, um, becoming the ambassador to Constantinople, where after a strange turn of events, he transforms into a woman. Then Lady Orlando returns to the UK, but time has suddenly passed as well. And we're, we're heading into like the, uh, the late Stuart period and beyond that into the uh, Victorian era and into the 1920s where the book ends. It's a story about uh, gender and its historical specificity and the way in which that love and life intertwine and fall apart, how history plays a role both in our, um, our identities but also, um, and also doesn't, how there's also things that seem to persist over time. And it's a modernist classic, which um, basically means that it's a, in some ways, a, a, a 200 plus page poem. Um, and so, uh, with me to discuss the book this time is uh, Floreka. Hello. And Josephine. Hi. And I guess we'll just get started. Um, this was the first time I've read any Virginia Woolf, and so I am going to be in the role of uh, kind of a pupil. Also, Gio's not here because, because uh, as of last night, um, it's, it's hard to work out whether or not her appendix wants to continue on with the whole Geo project. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Um, I think she'll be fine. With or without the appendix. Let's the appen- hope so. The appendix yeah. doesn't know what it's missing, is basically my point. So this will also be one of the first and very few Arc Audio book clubs without um, the sound of cigarettes being lit in the um, <laughs> in the running of things. But we will try and compensate for that with cracking beers open. Um, Definitely. To keep yeah. the, the degeneracy, degeneracy alive. <laughs> uh, yeah, so as I was saying, um, this is... Um, the first wolf I've read, and I was, you know, blown away and also kind of maybe overpowered by it. Um, I, in all honesty, got most of the summary I just gave you from looking at stuff <laughs> afterwards. Um, I mean, I, I got the main beats of it. I just, it wasn't like thrown away, um, thrown away by like a, <laughs> her transforming into a woman in the middle. I, I got that bit, uh, but you know, for pages at a time, suddenly you realize, wait, I've just been looking at these things and they've been beautiful sentences, but the movement is such, is so rapid and so, and so eloquent that I haven't noticed that we've entered a different historical age. So, um, as, as two people who spend a lot more time reading Wolf, um, can you relate to that experience of the text? Yes. All the time, actually. Every time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. This was my, probably my third time reading it. And I always discover small details and I always get slightly lost in the text and (laughs) then I sort of find my way out of Mm. it and then a clue will pop up and I'll be like, oh, this is the area we're in or this is what's going on. But Mm. yeah, I really love it, but it's it's not an easy book to Mm. read. And I read it, this Mm. is the second time I read it and the first time I read it was in Danish Mm. and that wasn't easy either. So this was more <laughs> like uh, an eye opener to how dense it is mm. with this language, mm. which I didn't experience before reading it in English. Yeah, so it's like, actually, that's a, a curious question. Like, what, what do you think was, was captured in the Danish translation that was missing in the English or vice versa? This uh, one's for you. I haven't yeah, read the yeah, Danish yeah, version. Yeah, it's two years ago, so I think... Uh, what struck me in the Danish version was the the more the like change of time mm. and like the, the time aspect of the story mm. um, in the Danish version yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah because in this it's like so delicately woven in that it's like blink and you'll miss it yeah exactly yeah. it is yeah. yes sometimes you have to read it over yeah. again to yeah. experience like the the going from one age to another mm. which was i think quite clear mm. in in the danish mm. and i think it's because uh, perhaps the language is more rough mm. and the poetic mm. style of this is not i i doesn't think i don't think that it will be like 
yeah. clear in the Danish language, as clear as it is in the English. Yeah, because I think one of the, no- the, the, the tropes I noticed when I was reading it is like, you wouldn't notice the time was shifting and then all of a sudden she would just write... And then it was 1928, or like, mm-hmm. and then it was 1734. And you were like, ah, it's actually almost like the punchline to a joke. Like, you didn't realize that time had moved at all, but it has. And now mm-hmm. but I actually had built in clues that told you it had moved, but you didn't notice. Yeah. Have we mentioned mm. that it takes place over the span of almost 300 years, is it? I didn't say specifically that, but I think I tried to hint. That's what the internet says. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, it takes place over the, takes place over the eight, about three hundred years, and I believe it starts off when like what he's is he like sixteen or yes, something? Yeah, and, and it, then she's thirty six at the end. So. Yeah, and so during the fifteen eighties, mm. late eighties, yeah. yeah. until nineteen twenty eight. Mm. But uh, past those like four hundred years almost, Orlando only aged like twenty six years. If that. 36, I think. She was, no, no, because she, she from the start oh, yeah. point, oh. uh, she 10? he's 10? 16. 16. That's true. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So Sorry for that. Yeah. So just 20 years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> age wow. 20 years, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like, how do you think this stacks up with like uh, other examples of Wolf's writing? Is it like, is this, is this light Wolf or is this like um, just peak Wolf? I think it's... I think in some ways it's more poetic than books like Mrs. Dalloway, mm. where um, the use of um, stream of consciousness is so much in your face that it almost becomes distracting. Right. And it sort of takes away from the beauty of the way that um, the written language is presented to the reader. Right. So I think this is um, it's different in another way. But it's still Virginia Woolf, like you can definitely <laughs> tell. Yeah, yeah. I was, um, yeah, doing the research around this. I was like, I was quite amazed to find out that, you know, she wrote like, like Mrs. Dalloway and The Waves and Orlando mm. and A Room of One's Own in like the period between World Wars like one and two, yes. and just like, oh, those are just four of the most important books of the twentieth century. Just, <laughs> just as a, in like a twenty-one year period of just yeah, insanity. Well, okay. So one of the obvious themes uh, in this book is is gender. And like the way mm. it was quite interesting about this is like, you know, by the standards of say, I don't know, like something like Kathy Acker or someone. This is like a very tame kind of book, but it obviously it reads, you can sort of read a kind of like how revolutionary it would have been at the time. And mm-hmm. can, you, can you imagine how this like, like, works within like the kind of 1928 context when it was written or like what do you think it still has to say um like yeah does anyone want to take on that like does it does it still say something or is it just like to study it as if it has already made a space or i think it's still relevant um i think it's nice to read um a book that plays with gender in a way where you well there's one character in the beginning beginning of the book who is a man dressed as a woman oh, yeah. who has fallen in love with Orlando and then later sort of reveals <laughs> his her true gender um, so that's quite interesting I found it interesting how you've mm. got this character and then you've got Orlando who just naturally morphs into mm. a different gender mm. and the juxtaposition of the two and how oh what's the name of the first character I've forgotten um, who the one who is a man dressed as a woman. Harriet. Yeah. Harriet. Is it Harriet? I think it's... Is it the Irish too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then later it's Henry. Yes, that's true. Yeah. I think it's funny how the characters almost um, mocked a bit or made like... It, yeah. 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 It's like this caricature of... Uh, yeah. someone where you know something's a bit off and yeah. you don't quite know why yeah. and what's going on. Yeah. And then you have Orlando, who's this, like, graceful, beautiful <laughs> uh, character and person who attracts people mm. to sort of this energy of whatever. Is yeah. it feminine? Is it masculine? No one knows. Yeah. I found that interesting compared to um, a lot of contemporary novels that I've read where there are these very um, explicit Mm. Um, strong depictions of what femininity mm. or masculinity mm. is or the mm. androgynous mm. 
yeah. yeah but I think it's quite interesting as well because the way that 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 permission almost comes from the fact that Orlando comes into contact with lots of people but is relatively disconnected from all of them yes like it's because like you, it's kind of almost highlighting there's like the sort of the artifice of what it is to be a man what it is to be a woman because it's so defined by uh the context within which you're operating and if you don't really like if you're as wealthy as this character is and you're like as like powerful as this character actually is then and and you also apparently can like survive through centuries and don't need to like you know form the bonds that get you through one human lifetime you can kind of leave behind some of the like obviously you know there's lots of talk of how she's feeling the the, the change the, the perceived uh, perceiver has changed but still it's not like that big a deal because there's no expectation that she must uh well until a bit later on the burning ring finger but uh, <laughs> but uh like there's no it's not an overly bearing social pressure on her at any point when no or, or him even when 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 male that's the thing like him her how are we supposed to that's, refer yeah, to that's Orlando that's a really good question because actually I think that the book says somewhere that uh, he she doesn't feel changed mm. even though her, his mm. body changed mm. that he she is still the same person yes. and actually what changes him her is the way that the world is like mm. experienced through the mm. sexes, the different sexes. Mm. Like mm. when she's a man, she can, or he's a man, <laughs> uh, he can do something and it yeah. changes when he becomes a she and then yeah. there's something yeah. she can't do. Yeah. And I think actually, uh, and then I think it's a thing we're going, going mm. to talk about later, the mm. pictures. Yes. Because it's actually commented in the book that, mm. Uh, because of course the pictures in the beginning of the book is uh, of Orlando as a man, mm-hmm. and then later as a lady, and then the way they like wear themselves mm-hmm. is like is changed mm-hmm. because of the things they wear and and the sex. But mm-hmm. you can, I think the text says like you can obviously see that it's the same person. Right. So yeah, and there's a lot of like contradictions also yeah. in the text that yeah. implies that. It's the society that makes Orlando's behavior change, but actually, it's something within mm. Orlando that makes mm. the changes. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of different aspects of the gender thing. Yeah, a lot yeah. of questions actually. Yeah, there's a part in the book where um, Orlando joins a Turkish tribe. I don't know if that's exactly like what gyps- it is. Gyps- right. Yeah. Something. What somewhere near Turkey, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Turkey. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, She's living in the mountains with some people in Turkey. Yes, <laughs> and wearing some kind of um, mm. native local clothing, mm. which doesn't really um, hinder her in whatever she wants to do, and it doesn't really have mm. much to do with her gender. So it's only when she, as a woman, returns to Victorian England. Yeah. Is it Victorian England that yeah. she... No, I think it's pre-Victorian. Pre-Victorian, yeah, 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 that yeah. she sort of experiences the restrictions mm. and the way that she's perceived yeah. by the outside world also, by I think her clothing. That, like, yeah. That's a significant scene as well because she's so fascinated by nature at that point. Yes. Mm. And then there's the, the comment about how like she's trying to explain to the, um, the tribe that she's with that... Um, how amazing it's been nature all the time and they're like yeah whatever <laughs> <laughs> this is everyday life man. they're actually afraid yeah. of it. like they're afraid of the love of nature mm. well it Maybe seems insane so. because like why would you love this there's like there's like a wolf over there that killed my brother <laughs> i mean yeah sure this cow's great we all love this cow <laughs> and this tree shade good but mm. to love nature is like a it's a one. It, it is also a thing that you know. It, it sets up um, the way in which the world that she returns into is a world defined by that nature culture binary that isn't actually the case, or like can be seen differently. Just as also Orlando can be seen differently in different situations. Mm. Yeah, I think we should mention also at this point um, uh, that yes, there are pictures that run through the book because the book is purportedly a biography written mm. by a biographer about someone that actually existed. But of course, it's not the case. Orlando is an invention. <laughs> in case you didn't know um, so that makes it an interesting um, it also slips as as Orlando slips between gender so does the book slip between genre oh yeah. clever 
I think that's also where the origin of the word gender comes from. <laughs> so maybe this would be a good time to talk about the narrator. Yes. yes. The narrative techniques. Yes. Who is the narrator? Well, do we know? Not really. It's a humble biographer. Yes, but I actually, there's some, somewhere in the book, it, the biographer is referred to as a we. And I imagine like, it was like, uh, I think it's on, uh, if you want to check, mm -hmm. it's on page uh, 16 and 43 and 131. Uh, and I experienced it as like a main biographer telling other people how to write a biography, like a tutorial thing or something, because it's very, it's a bit mocking. It's very mocking of the genre. Yeah. It is. The biography it is, as a yes. genre. And I think it's very like, then we hear, see how to do this and mm. remember to do this when mm. write a biography. And I think it's like, mm. it was like a, like yeah. a unit yeah. of like one teacher and then like students of the biography that yeah. have to write and what to do. And it's also a very like um, proper British way of expressing yourself. <laughs> Um, so it's so it actually it has all of that contained within it, but it has this because it's coming from this convention of um, of of the royal we. Yes. But like obviously not as royalty, but as in like to say if you can depersonalize the opinion, then the opinion is correct. Okay. Mm. <laughs> like, There's also no... a lot of excusing for the lack of documentation. Like we don't know what happened here. We're very sorry. Like something along the lines of that. Like, yeah, like no one really knows. But yeah. let's. See what happened afterwards. So. This is what annoys me when like people say that things like American uh, metafiction have there's got too much of a trope, like just draw attention to the fact that it's a, Virginia Woolf was doing that. Like <laughs> 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 everyone does that. Don Quixote says this. Uh, mm. And you yeah. actually, Megan, you uh, you were talking about truth. Oh yeah, there. yeah. And I think the truth is something connected to the biographer, mm. like. In the mocking, it's like, what is truth, really? Mm. Like, as mm. if there were one true story of one person's life. Yeah, mm. yeah. And, yeah, like, we talked about that. There's a lot of aspects in mm. the book which mm. are really, like, exaggerated. Yeah. Well, that's... Kind that's, of supernatural also. Because that's, like, the the way that things tie together in the book quite well, is you have... Um, so one of the you know the first time that uh, Orlando has a has a has a sleep after I think his first breakup with the with the Russian girl. Oh yes, Sasha. He, um, he, he he he's in a sleep and he apparently he wakes up uh, cursed with the illness of uh, of a love of reading and writing, and that starts off his uh, adventure into like wanting to know what the literary art is and the expression of words and like all art, and that makes the question of truth quite interesting because you're working out how do you express something in a true way but then what's also then later on a true expression of Orlando who is the real Orlando who is the real Orlando as the uh, man or woman or the subject of a biography or a life of a human being and but th th this theme returns like I've, I think I've circled it on so many pages um, where truth just comes up again and again and again within like a context of discussing like you know, true artistic practice or true beauty or true uh, something that's true to actually what life is. Um, yeah, it's a it's it's it's, it's an interesting concern with a book which is also so riddled with contradictions. Mm. Yes, and it insists that they can both be true. And I think it's interesting to talk about truth when we also mm. talk about history and how we sort of structure a historical canon or whatever mm. or a way of seeing mm. historical event, events and looking at historical figures and yeah, how yeah. they came to be. Yeah very, I, yeah, very much so, because like to have someone like um, Queen Elizabeth being a background figure in Orlando's story is quite, quite, <laughs> quite cool. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and also a quite um, jealous one of that. Like yeah. She's, quite, she's uh, not all that likable, I think, no. in the book. She's a bit annoying. Yeah, but nor was she was that likable in Blackadder either. So it's kind of. <laughs> I love that you've seen Blackadder. <laughs> of course, I've seen Blackadder. <laughs> of course. Why am I surprised? And then, yeah, so there's like a few other historical figures, but not that many. Is not as many as big as, uh, as as Queen as the Queen as Queen Elizabeth. But um. But we do have the mention of, is it 
is Shakespeare mentioned? On He's one mentioned. Point? Yes, actually, it's quite. That's quite an interesting discussion because that's he. It gets referenced by that uh, the guy who's a poet who you meet at the beginning and also at the end who um, Green. Green, yeah, um, someone Green. Yeah, I can't Nicholas. Nicholas, Nicholas Green. Green yeah. Yes, <laughs> and in both with an E in the end. <laughs> and in both historical points, he's denouncing the uh, the fall of quality of contemporary writing and contemporary literature, saying that it was always better in the past. Mm. So he said that in the past, and then he said it in closer to the future, and then he was referring mm. to the same yeah. as he yeah 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 was. Yeah, the stuff he thought was trash. Yeah, yeah, is now excellent. But what's interesting about his character is it shifts, doesn't it? From like, so he then he gets commissioned by Orlando to uh, to to be a writer and and to write plays, and then he writes a very like a very mean play about Orlando Mm. um, in in the earlier part of the novel. But when he comes again and actually publishes Orlando's writing. He's he's by then a critic, and then he's uh, very generous in his in his praise for the for the work. So he he grows, even mm. though he thinks everything's shit all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and wasn't as good as it was in the old days. Mm. I remember the first time reading the book, being confused by their relation. Like, what was it? Was it a f- friendship? Was it a one-sided friendship? Are they? I don't know. It's not like a one-sided friendship. It does. It, yeah. it does feel a bit like that. Yeah, yeah he's, uh, he's a character who's very annoying whenever he's around, um, even when he's being more generous. It's just... Yes. Because you also know that type, don't you? Like, I have the information. I know. <laughs> I know. And everything you like is bad. <laughs> I found some truth. <laughs> and it's like... <laughs> this is in the middle of the book. And it's not accurate, this sentence. Orlando died and was buried, but here, alas, truth, candor, and honesty, the austere gods who keep watch and ward by the ink pot of the biographer, cry no, putting their silver trumpets to their lips. They demand one blast, truth, and again cry truth, <laughs> and sounding yet for a third time, in concert, they peel forth the truth and nothing but the truth. So can it's, we, a, can it, we, it's a theme. I don't know what that's Can we please talk about the people playing trumpets? What's yes, going on? I don't What's know. Going on also, I didn't notice that, so please. Uh... And also the ladies in the same. Uh, okay, so Orlando, is this when Orlando falls into this deep yeah, yeah. slumber yes, yes, yes. and sleeps for, I don't know how many six years? Days. No, it's years. Isn't it? I think the first time it's six days, and then later on it's kind of more ambiguous as time's starting to get a little oh, bit. I feel like the second time it's like it's the, the second time it's, it's pretty blurry. I believe it's pre- it is pretty blurry. Okay. But the first time, anyway, he wakes up, and there are people playing trumpets <laughs> <laughs> somewhere yeah. in the room with him. Not in the room with him. Is it a metaphor? <laughs> I don't know. It's very um, it's it's hard to um. Yeah, it's hard to work out what's happening. Work out. I, I don't know what's yeah. going on. I yeah. was hoping someone here um, would have the answer. <laughs> Unfortunately, she was in the hospital, so I mean, that would be, I mean, she would have the answer in a very like close analysis of why. Oh God, but, uh, we, we won't get, get well it soon, and neither will our listeners. So it's going to be a mystery for them as well. Mm. Anyway, trumpets are saluting the fact that Orlando wakes up. Yes. yes. Um. Uh, sorry. I, yeah. Uh, I thought it was a, like in the later slumber when. He wakes up as a woman. Mm-hmm. There's these three ladies. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Lady Purity, Chastity, and Modesty. And I I have no idea. <laughs> I, well, I, think, I think it's because he wakes up as a woman and so, suddenly these three qualities, which are mm. sort of deemed Nude. so important as a woman, mm. are suddenly there with him as mm. a sort of presence. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And saying like, oh, There's welcome. Concerns to yes, yeah. yes, yeah. Um, I find the chastity one interesting because I yeah, <laughs> I feel like um, Orlando as a woman is not your typical woman mm. of the time, mm. pre-Victorian time. I'm trying to <laughs> like remember yeah, like, what well, area we are to like the new way of behaving. Mm. Yeah, yes, but, but she's is... also very aware of her. Sexual power, mm, mm. Mm. Yeah. like the and thing with the skirt, like yeah. yes, with showing sailors, a bit of leg. Yeah, and then <laughs> to the sailors, make sailors fall down the 
the ship. I think. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's what. Happened. It's interesting, like discovering the power that she has yeah. over um, mm. any kind of um, male. <laughs> I don't know, mm. person, figure, presence. Person, the people. Person, yeah, people. She doesn't have a control over the ocean, the notion of man. No. Well, except for the writing of this book, which yeah, no, the people, yeah, the people, yeah, like the people on the boat. Every man she meets. Captain. Every, Captain. Yeah. 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 Even men that she meets prior to, like, turning into woman, like... Yeah. Yeah. However, the way that time's moving, mm. I don't know if they know that they've met her before because they've mm. had this sort of constant rejigging of, like, that, situation. It's mm. a, That's the thing. I kept thinking, like, is the female version of Orlando, like, an identical twin, but, like... Mm. I mean, this is of why it was not, gr- but is- like in- of Orlando. Yeah, I was just thinking, like, how similar is um, Orlando this as a woman why- to? I her- think the s- same person. This is why you have to cast Tilda Swinton in the movie. Yes, God, I was. Yeah. I love her. She's <laughs> so good. I've not seen the movie, but I've, I've seen. The, I, I, but- I, knowing her work, like, yeah, she can definitely do that. That that's the person who could be both, and then. But you said a twin. But I think I think she's actually she might even be a bit too androgynous, and I feel like the Orlando in the beginning of the book has a very male I don't know I think, physique. I think it says somewhere that the fashion makes it hard to mm-hmm. oh yes distinguish between mm-hmm. a man and a woman, and I think it's like Orlando all through the story is is the same Orlando. Okay. And I think it's, I also think it's a point and like a, uh, something discussed in the end, or well not discussed, but portrayed mm. in the end, that we have as persons a lot of selves. Mm. Oh, and yeah. these selves are portrayed through, like also she mm. says something that sex is intermixed. Mm. And yes. it's just like the time mm. uh, being a man and the time being a woman that yeah. Orlando have both sides mm. of the sexes. Yeah. So I have seen Orlando as the same. Yeah, the same person, yes, but yeah. I'm still interested in the outward exterior, like. Yeah. I think the the thing we're meant to kind of be getting is that like the identity, like the identity of Orlando is. It it it's more powerful than any other like secondary identity. That's the, that's the thing. So it's like whatever there is about this person that makes him that person, will always persist even if something superficially seems to change. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, it doesn't really matter if their body's different, but... I know yeah. it doesn't, but when <laughs> I read the book, I like <laughs> to try and imagine what the characters look like. But so. it's like the, the letter doesn't really, like, what does it say? He lo- She looks in the mirror just after mm. uh, the transformation yes. from man to woman and looks... She looks in the mirror and like doesn't seem surprised at all, mm. as if she knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. I think is really interesting as yeah. well. But it also does play into this like detachment that you have when you just exist for hundreds of years, <laughs> which we can all relate to. <laughs> that's the thing. It's like it's really easy to kind of feel like. It's going to be some interesting centuries now. <laughs> oh, okay, I have a thing we yeah. should talk about uh, regarding gender because mm. she gets married. Mm-hmm. Yes. To Marmaduke. Oh, yeah. Bonthrop, Shelmadine, Esquire. Uh, and they're really worried about the other person being of the same gender. Like they ask mm. each other, are you sure you're not a woman? Are you sure you're not a man? And... Yeah. This is really interesting because this book, as we talked about in the beginning, is a love letter mm. from Virginia Woolf to her lover. Yes. Have we yeah. even mentioned no, not that on, yet? Not we, on we mic, no. Not, not we on should. Mic. Yeah. It's to, a love letter to her to her lover. To, uh, to Vita, Vita Sackwell West. West. Yes. And I think it's really interesting that, that they're so concerned about being of the opposite gender in this marriage, mm. which is like a, yeah. a very... Conservative. Yeah, but yeah, and and it and that's why it's so interesting today, like relevant because there's so it has to you have to be a man and I have to be a woman mm, before mm. this can actually 
like work. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Also, that she needs to have like a ring on her finger because it's like you have to be married in these days. In well, yeah, that she actually you know develops a was the the burning ring finger yeah, yeah. sensation. Like she can't let it go. It's kind con- it's constantly gnawing at her. That it's something she has to fulfill. Yeah. It's like a need of the time. Yeah. She... A time characterized by damp. Mm. Oh yes, the weather plays an important role in some of the descriptions of the text. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I think that's. I think it is. It is quite interesting that there's this. Yeah, that there's something they can't get beyond is the possibility that the arrangement's incorrect, mm. um, or the arrangements of elements in some way. I guess that's quite. In some way, sad, but also they do get married, so maybe it's fine. It doesn't really. It seems to matter, but yeah. they never really like. They just ask questions. Yeah. Are you sure you're a man? Are you sure you're a woman? <laughs> but it doesn't really answer. No, no, no. The no. question yeah. is ended with a question. And they get married and it works. And that's sort of the critique. Although it works by marriage. him going to the, <laughs> the, the, the Horn of Africa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Sailing around. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah. But I would still argue that getting married is the ultimate way of conforming to societal ideas mm. of commitment mm. and maybe that's it like they know that there's a pressure on mm. the two being uh, um, the, the perfect match mm. of a man and a woman and that's mm. how marriage works yeah and if they want to live like a happily married couple they have to sort yeah. of fulfill those roles mm-hmm. and that's why it's so important for them one of the things that i kind of wanted to maybe draw on is the way in which like history sort of also maps onto a life in a certain way and like a, in, in a kind of like lifelong progression because we're looking at someone's basically their 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 early adulthood essentially so someone going from about 16 to 36 pre-40 i don't know <laughs> that should be significant but we get this thing if we get kind of a, a more like you know party and raucous time that becomes more conservative as history changes. So we have like the, the 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 kind of in his in his youth, he's at these feasts where people are like you know with the queens drinking a flagon of of, of ale, and uh, and like everyone's just talking more freely, and they they kind of like you know just just kissing strangers in the stairwell and that mm. kind of thing. And then uh, things become more uh, complicated. He gets a job working in uh, the embassy for a while, has to do like professional things. Um, and he finds more towards his actual vocation, which is writing. But as that's happening, also life changes in a stage and people are like, you know, moving towards settling down. They're becoming more conservative. And this is where we get the Victorian age coming in. Mm-hmm. And there's this weird, there's this wonderful mapping, I think, of like how the times correspond to kind of like times of life. Yes. Um, and also, but weather is actually then like an aesthetic judgment on how much fun those times of life are. <laughs> because like proper winter, that's fun because there's snow. But also summer was also good in, in different times. But when that fucking Victorian damp comes around, which is ne- never left England. Miserable. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I think that I think that's just, it's so masterfully done that you realize there's this, you're getting the, uh, the, 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 the substance of the character is coming out more um, while also making historical commentary. And that's not something people do very well, like normally, but this is like seamless. Yes. And that's all, it's, it's a good book. So it is, that point. it is a good book. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I found a quote right. where it describes the sky right. during um, the Victorian era. I'm not sure if it's, where in the Victorian era we're sort of who knows <laughs> how much do you think these people need when we talk about this <laughs> anyway it says um, a huge blackness um, sprawled over the whole of London all was darkness all was doubt all was confusion the 18th century was over the 19th century had begun that's quite an introduction to yeah, the yeah, new century yeah, yeah, yeah. it's um yeah, there's something about an encroaching kind of inhumanism coming about. I think there's something about the, the the age of of reason and uh, kind of a, a you know reason which is of course also destructive and and anti-human in a certain way, which is coming across in that. Oh, especially the line "all was darkness," and then you suddenly you have this description of the light and the dark and the damp. 
Yeah, because also like it's the uh, who was the one who wrote the thing about the 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 the, the, the dark satanic mills of uh, yeah of industry and what was that? Yeah, oh, no, the industrialism. Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's also the thing of this of this time is like you know the Victorian Puritanism coming out of what was thought to be a kind of a more scientific, more rational way of engaging with the world, even though of course it's just Puritan. Yeah, it's it's curious also the way that you know you can also feel like that that also then like infects the future like everything from then on like it's like there's no real major judgments made about previous historical periods but there's a lot of like very kind of value judgment language about how the victorian age is just no fun <laughs> yes yeah. especially for a lady a yeah. victorian lady yeah. of a s- certain social standing actually i found some notes from um when mm. i did a presentation about <laughs> this book <laughs> during a literature <laughs> class and um, so I talked a bit about the importance of her home, Knoll House, mm. um, which is a reoccurring uh, thing in the book. Mm. The house, um, Orlando keeps returning to the house and the house exists in real life. And it was um, the family home of mm. Rita Sackville West. And um, Such an yeah, and the house signifies the family heritage and um, Rita suffered under the um, rules of patrilineal heritage. So it was passed on Mm. to several members in her family. And then when it came to her turn, it was passed on to one of her cousins and not her. Um, (laughs) Because she was a married woman and she was not allowed to inherit property. Oh, that's that's also explicitly talked about in the the book. It is, it is, yes. Like the the way in which that's... That's really nice quote where it's like she's returning to England. And there's a court case. And yes. like, they don't know if she can actually own her property. Yeah. Because, like, there's this three, I think, where is it? Like, three points. Like, for the first, she's a woman. For the second, she's... Uh, for the first, she's dead. For the second, she's a woman. Which, like, amounts <laughs> to the same thing. As dead, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which really <laughs> And I think that makes a great comparison between mm. Orlando as a woman mm. and Vita... Um, mm. Her lover, well, yeah. not yeah, Virginia <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Woolf's lover. Yeah, yeah, and that's also the mission, isn't it, of the um, of the of, of the character? Like after she, like there's a there's a nice moment of shift where she's like, oh, I don't know if I want all these expectations that are placed upon me now as a woman. Mm. Okay, I don't have to do these stupid things that men have to do, but what can I do instead? Pursue life and a lover. And that's that recurring mission statement for Orlando, like life and a lover. You have a quote, it seems very really funny. It's just the charges against her. Okay. <laughs> the chief charges against her was one, that she was dead and therefore could not hold any property whatsoever. Two, that she was a woman, which amounts to much the same thing. Three, that she was an <laughs> English duke who had married one Rosina and Pepita, a dancer, and had had by her three sons, which sons now declaring that their father was deceased, claimed that all his property descended to them. <laughs> <laughs> They're just very determined not to give her the property. That's like... <laughs> Can I mention one of my facts? One of Please. my many fun facts. Well, I don't know if it's fun. In the book, um, we have this um, mention of the oak tree, which is a poem written by Orlando at different stages of his life and development um, <laughs> as a character. And um, I would argue that it functions both as a metaphor for a family tree, um, representing the Sackville legacy. So you sort of, um, you can trace different, um, oh, what's the word for it? Like different ways in which um, the character of Orlando changes um, you can trace that to um, character. Well, no, people. Sorry, um, from the Sackville family. Um, mm. Of um, some of them were noblemen, and Orlando's mm. a nobleman in the beginning. Mm. And we've got Vita at the end as a woman. Um, but there was also this tree, a real tree um, near Knoll House, which was this house owned by Vita's family, which was an oak twe- tree, and you can visit. Um, the house and see the tree and I read that um, the oak tree the poem in the book is a reference to one of um, Vita's own poems called The Land from 1927 
So now you know that. Yeah, that's it's. There are so many underlying structural devices that run through this book that don't, which are amazing. Like you can tell. Yes. So there's an under. There's these underlying structural devices that are only evident to the eagle-eyed, and it's amazing how well she's able to hide them uh, while making something that is so rich in sensation and and um, communicates so much about the feelings of the ideas she's talking about. Uh, and yet they're based on these weird empirical facts. Yes. And despite the empirical facts, there's also still space for all this contradiction, which, did, which does kind of exist in a, in a, in a, on a certain level of existence it does exist even though it doesn't like exist in the way that you know the world would generally accept and that is what it's a very remarkable book it just was a lot of effort to read (laughs) (laughs) it took a lot of energy and i was very confused for long periods of time but i think you can read at different Mm. levels it can be an enjoyable leisurely uh holiday read because it is very witty. It's really it's yeah. very witty oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's very descriptive and mm. I find it very enjoyable to read because mm. you suddenly find these like images mm. um that sort of occur with the way that she writes. Um and then you can also dig deeper and find all of these small facts and mm. more tangible things you can sort of I think the maybe the reason I was anxious while reading it was because I knew I had to host this. <laughs> and, and I thought my lack of comprehension was going to be like a real disservice to being able to talk about the book. Um, just consider there's a practice of an, in stream of consciousness, <laughs> just like going with it, being impressionistic. Yeah, yeah. And that's going to win. In the end, that's, that's going to win much to do. It's like, okay, I'm just going to have to look at this sentence until I'm finished with it. And then, and then I'll move on to the next one. And then it just it just seeps in in this way because also it is, it's, it's, technically masterful it's like i was you know it's it's a 200 odd page poem essentially there's like mm. it's all image based all the time and like there's no point where it's like you know it's like in a play right if someone's in the co- in the wrong corner for the next scene they'll just have to walk across the stage and that's what you want to try to avoid when you're like you know staging a play because it reveals the artifice of the situation there's none of that here Mm-mm. that's such a good way of describing yeah. it yeah it's just all everything's been choreographed perfectly so every bit of movement across the stage is also telling you something about the nature of the, of the ideas it's communicating and it, oh. but that's another way that you can describe it to mm. a historical text like everything seems very well written and researched and mm. there's no like nothing is mm. just placed in there to sound nice like mm. it's very um, poetic, but there's a point to it all. Yeah, ecstasy. Ooh, good so, word. That's the uh, it's a refrain that comes out quite a lot, yeah. yes. especially in the uh, the female half of Orlando's life. It's like, what's the point of it all? Ecstasy. Ecstasy. <laughs> and that's that's wonderfully decadent. I like that. But but can, can I ask yeah. something? Because mm. I was thinking when you ask who want to join this podcast mm. about Orlando, I was thinking, why Why do you take up Orlando now? Mm. Why are we talking about this book? <laughs> why? Because oh. I've just, like, yeah. I think it was the day after I've seen the play right. that you asked. Yeah. And I was like, I think the, what? I think the play put it in um, people's minds as, mm. uh, as a text. Also, I mean, for like the last year or so, we've been selling these beautiful little editions of the book um, from Vintage. And they're wonderfully cheap and incredibly gorgeous mm. to both feel like because they're kind of they're not they're not too fancy like you feel like you own it. Mm. I'm just selling vintage books now, and they are part of a selection of yes. Um, yes. Virginia Woolf novels yeah. that we've yeah. got with so, beautiful covers, yeah. all of them. So I've been seeing these around the shop for like a year and thinking I should probably delve, delve into this mystery. And then you know we you know. Gio presented me with a list of books she thought would be interesting. I thought, well, now's definitely the time for Orlando, isn't it? Mm. Um, the better question is, why has someone put a play on? But that's because yeah. it's so relevant. Relevant. Today, and I was mm. just thinking that, is there something in this book that people just thought about I think, in this moment that, yeah. oh, this should be something people thought about? talked about think thought about yeah i think it's because it's a book that really does try to question 
where the person is in relation to the way in which the world understands them. Mm-hmm. And that's like an ongoing relevant discussion and like also you know a discussion which has gotten like you know violent negative reaction of like i'll fucking tell you where the person is they're outside the border or they're they're not (laughs) they're not my gender or they're not you know they're not in my bathroom and it's just like this is going like wait 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 there's some sort of level of experience that is more universal Mm. that should be able to be like recognized in one another um that being said that he's got a lot of staff (laughs) (laughs) but i find it interesting how um this could be an exercise in defining the self Mm. beyond um material Mm. like material things like gender and status Mm. and all of that but it's it's not it's defining Mm. Mm. someone else's essence of being like the person like it's it's and how reliable is this because it's written like it's someone writing about their lover yeah so that's true but then they're also like then deferring it through the form of a biography which is then like taken as this attempt to get at the truth of a thing that's true which is also a lie in a discourse and a well a lie but like a a, like a it's a self-fulfilling discourse of we make our biographies to be truth but mm. yeah and i thought it was really interesting that it's a biography because it just i think it tells us to be aware of telling ourselves mm. Mm. and each time we tell ourselves to another person it's different mm. yeah and that these selves like they're all these selves is a part of the one self and I was just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so there's like, almost the constant self and then the ever-changing selves. And because mm. you you are another self in, like Orlando is through mm. different times, mm. Orlando becomes mm. a different self. Mm. And we are, uh, like, restricted, restricted to one, mm. like, time period. Mm. Also different selves mm. through our lifetime. Mm. Mm. And I just thought it was a nice way yeah. to, like get an like an angle to the way I behave in my age and, yeah. and the, yeah. like the age time in this yeah. period of time. And yeah. it was just like, really, just really useful. It was like <laughs> yeah. a handbook for like, oh, how should I look upon life in this, <laughs> this stage of yeah, yeah. my life? Yeah. yeah. Can I say one last thing? Yeah. So, um, the book is dedicated to Rita. Mm. Um, and we talked about was it her son or someone who described it as the longest and most charming love letter in literature Mm, mm. which is quite a description how would you feel it's if someone (laughs) wrote a biography and i say that in um air quotes um i think it's interesting also like the questions the more direct level of the question is how would you feel if there was a very popular um (laughs) love letter like love letter that refers to a lesbian affair that your mother had yeah (laughs) But think of the money it's made. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> yeah, but it's it's, it's in the lover's name, the copyrights for Virginia Woolf, not for Vita. <laughs> She's got for, yeah. I mean, I but think this is like the first, like yeah. the first page. True, but no, there's no royalties to... attached to that. What? There's no royalties attached to that. So there's no the, it's the just kids see nothing. <sighs> but then there's the pride in. No, it's. I think you. I think you'd get over that and like you like the whole message of the book is that such things shouldn't really be a problem um in an actual human's life and where what what shouldn't well like you know like the, the scandal of your mother having had a lesbian affair ah. with a with a famous writer shouldn't really be a problem compared to actually the way that love and commitment and relationships and and how that informs how each other sees the world love transcends all <laughs> Not Sorry, I didn't want to say that. That the, was very the cheesy. Book actually, also beside marking the mm. the biography genre, it yeah. also it does. The, yes, the like yeah. convention ideas about I mean how love works in some ways because like many times biographers are quite fond of their subjects, <laughs> so really yes. aren't many biographies actually just love letters. That's a good Ooh. point. <laughs> Not always though. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. Now I think yeah, that's a that's a good point to raise. But now I'm going to try and round this off with a question we we end every time, which seems kind of pointless. Oh no. Um, <laughs> would you would you recommend this book? I'll wait for the beer to go down. And then... <laughs> yes, I would. And why would I? Uh, Who to? To. To especially two of the friends mm. I have. Who doesn't like to read? Right. Because which translation would you recommend? The Danish one. (laughs) (laughs) Because I feel lost in the English sometimes, (laughs) but I think it's really witty, as I said before, and I think it it's just so relevant Mm. for the youth. For the youth, actually, yeah. uh, To like put perspective on Mm. like who you are and yourselves, Mm. and I think it's a really uh, also because it's about growing up so I think mm. the youth uh, should invest in this right. like I felt more enlightened mm. yeah. in a really good way to to choose path mm. and what's important and what's not and what I should spend my time on actually yeah. I have really a lot of like underlined sentences yeah. Which should should be like a guidebook, as I said earlier, like yeah. to how to live. What <laughs> things should remember yeah. in the yeah. way I'm living. So yeah, yeah, I would definitely yeah. recommend it to youth. <laughs> no, nothing ages you more than saying the youth should get behind this book from 1928 <laughs> it's just a book that I'm yeah. glad to have read in my youth yeah, 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 yeah. also like what you I want to think of myself as the youth still but I can't um, Cho how about you I would try to stay true to the essence of the book and recommend people to read it at different stages in life mm-hmm. so maybe it, maybe read it when you are considered the youth and then read it during a midlife crisis and then maybe at an older age and then recommend it to someone young and ask them to do the same yeah, yeah. that's a brilliant idea that's a brilliant idea i'm not gonna be able to top that i'm just gonna say it's, it's really good um and it's it's kind of a must read to understand um kind of what's possible to express with language um and how beautiful it can be and how that's not always easy, uh, but there's a lot. There's a lot in there. Um, so yeah, I mean, thanks guys for this. I'm just gonna do a little little outro into the next time. So uh, next time, hopefully, uh, Gio will be back with or without the fucking appendix. If it's with, I'll try and say that I didn't say that about the appendix. Um, and we're gonna be uh, reading um, the repetition by Cern Kierkegaard. So. It's going to be intense. <laughs> but, um, yeah, thanks so much for having this little, uh, this little conversation here about Orlando, guys. Thank you. Thank Always you. Fun.